So in today's episode, I want to dive into how what we often perceive as our some of our biggest weaknesses are actually our strength. They're our superpower when harnessed and utilized correctly. So I want to dive into a few things, both from my personal experience and then some patterns that I've just seen in kind of like the bigger, I guess, umbrella weaknesses that you hear people talk about, whether it's introversion or perfectionism or vulnerability, or we'll go through a couple of those. So I'm excited to dive in. Welcome to Human on the Daily, the podcast for anyone wanting to break free of any boxes or expectations and embrace their full authentic self. I am Dr. Megan Daly, and I have been there. I've overcome so much trauma, dealt with so many stressors like competing in high-level athletics, rigorous academics, getting my doctor in physical therapy, and I did what I should do, right? I climbed the corporate healthcare ladder. And when that didn't make me feel fulfilled, I branched out and opened up my own cash clinic and built it to six figures in the second year. Yet I still felt like something was off when I looked in the mirror, and maybe you can relate. So I scaled back and really dove into the questions of who am I really, and what is it that I am meant to do? So together in this podcast, we are going to dive into all the tips, tools, and experiences for you to answer those same questions for yourself so you can live your best, most joyful, and fulfilled life. Because if you're not doing that, then what the fuck are you really doing? So let's fucking go. So today I really wanted to talk about how often what we think is our biggest weakness actually is our greatest strength when harnessed appropriately. So a little bit of backstory on to, well, what my biggest weakness was or what I perceived to be my biggest weakness is if you can imagine like little Megan running around as a child, I was super energetic. So for those of you who know Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 7. It's called the enthusiast for a reason. All over the place. Super ADHD child. And just, I mean, my mom growing up and still to this day, like I was at my uncle's funeral just a couple weeks ago and she said it again. She's like, oh, Megan's just an energizer bunny. She's always on the go. Oh, Megan has ants in her pants. She's going to, she always just does whatever. Um And then the other, like, I was always like, oh, Megan's the emotional one in the family. And it wasn't really until college that I actually realized, like, I'm kind of normal. My family's just a different level of stoic. Anyways, I say all of that to bring up, I always thought that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't just focus on one thing. I had all of these big ideas. I felt like I was always all over the place. And I was chastised by my family for, for having this kind of energy and lots of different visions and constant, like not constantly changing my mind, but pivoting and for being energetic and emotional. Well, this led to probably sometime in college, I realized that like I have, I'm pretty damn smart. So I had all this intelligence and all this professionalism because I had learn to stay quiet and not rock the boat. And I mean, we'll dive into a future episode on how females are kind of taught to 
like play it safe and not really bruise the ego of any male around them. So like, if you can imagine like the person who was really like almost militant, but the downside is because I had been chastised for being energetic and emotional, I had a lot of walls up and I never really developed the emotional regulation. And this is something that didn't become, it became very apparent in college and it made me honestly a pain to deal with and really unable to connect with. But year, as I got into personal development and as I realized that there is just a part of me that is meant to be a visionary, I am meant to have a ton of ideas. And in fact, I'll be bringing guest experts on down the road to really dive into human design and Enneagram because I think it's, I think those are such amazing tools in better understanding who you are so that you can play to your strengths even better. And one of the things that I realized when I was diving into those is, so for those, I already said I'm an Enneagram 7, but for those who know human design, I'm a splenic manifester 5-2. For those of you who don't understand human design, that's probably gibberish to you. That's okay. We'll talk about it later. But through those, I realized that like there is everything about my personality that is meant to be multi-passionate, that is meant to be this great visionary that has all these ideas. And if I can harness it into focusing on one of them, whichever one is for now, like that is my superpower is being the jack of all trades who can have all these visions and have all these ideas and then really put a lot of energy and create a lot of forward momentum in whichever one I choose is for now, and then be able to very quickly and readily pivot when and if I need to. So by being able to embrace and lean into what makes me me, along with learning the emotional regulation tools so that I can like actually be a functioning human that people can connect with, like there is that part, but like it is what makes me who I am and hell it's, it's what makes me allowed or able to even do a podcast like this. Like if I had hadn't learned that about myself, if I hadn't learned to accept that I am the energizer buddy that, yeah, sure. I have ants in my pants, but there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that I have a lot of ideas and get really excited about them and want to take action. And that's actually my superpower. It's what allows me to really, pick one and drive forward and alongside the emotional regulation like being emotional having my heart on my sleeve allows me to really confidently use my voice to stand up and speak out for things that I care about and to advocate for others like there's like none of that sounds like a weakness once I was able to really accept and embrace that side of me so those are just two really good examples of things that I grew up feeling a certain level of shame about like I thought they were weaknesses of mine when now as I've gotten older and as I've really dove into personal development and I've been able to strip away those expectations and the projections that were put on me because it was I've had those same words said to me of like Megan's the energizer bunny and oh Megan's gonna do whatever Megan wants to do in a more positive light but I realized that when I was told them in a positive light it was almost like it was triggering because I had been, I had had these projections and expectations of those being negatives or weaknesses put on me as a kid. And I think this is a very common thing that a lot of us deal with this, these things that we see as weaknesses, maybe because of a societal expectation, maybe because of a projection from a family member or like whatever it is, when in actuality, like if it's 
there's likely a strength to it. It is a giant asset to us. So I want to dive into a few more of these that are kind of prevalently prevalent. Jesus, that is a hard word. Why? Why am I struggling? Prevalently known as or seen as weaknesses when they you really can flip the script on yourself. So, okay, let's go and talk about a few more now. Heck, if you listened to the podcast that I just dropped recently, the bonus episode on childhood trauma, it's probably not a shocker that I also have dealt with perfectionism. Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I think a lot of us are. Like The number of people that I've talked to, I feel like this is very common where something in our childhood taught us that we needed to be perfect in order to be loved and accepted. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. You'll probably resonate with a lot of those kind of stories in there. But here's the thing. There are, there are obviously some downfalls to perfectionists. It causes a lot of extra stress, anxiety. Um, you might tend to procrastinate because you need things to be perfect. You might stop things or overthink things. Like there's a lot of downfalls. However, perfectionism actually helps build a lot of skills around being detail-oriented, a really good work ethic, organized and prioritizing, can't talk, determination over motivation, which I'm sure this isn't a shocker to you, but motivation doesn't always happen, but determination and drive and focusing on your why, like those are the things that really need to be the focus versus motivation because that, that will come and go. That's not a guarantee. And I... I don't think this will be a shocker either if you listened to that childhood episode where I'm actually, now granted, I have battled some things with perfectionism, but I'm kind of grateful that my parents and those around me were so harsh and expected so much out of me because it pushed me to do more, to be better. Now, if you listen to that episode, you know that there's kind of like a a tipping point where it, it, it kind of was like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm not going to go for this thing because it will never be enough. Now, there's a difference there because as a kid, there were things that I was trying to go for and I was trying to be perfect in that weren't actually for me, that I didn't truly enjoy, or maybe I did for a period of time, but I kept doing them past the time that they were meant to be in my life. And I would end up quitting or pulling back or doing something. And that really comes from, like, as an adult, I can utilize those skills of being really driven and prioritizing the determination and being really somewhat detail-oriented. I do have like ADHD, so I can hyper-focus on some things and I will miss some random other like small details. But anyways, that's not the point, the point here. But whenever something is for me, I can play that to my advantage and really go hard because of the skills that my parents instilled in me by being so hard on me and creating me into kind of a perfectionist. And after doing a lot of the deep work, I can now pull back and kind of use those skills that I developed without letting perfectionism drive the bus. And I can function much better. And I recognize when things aren't for me, I don't need to employ those skills because there's no point in it if it's not for me versus trying to be perfect just to try to be perfect. Okay, so that's one that tends to get a really bad rap. And for good reason. Like I said, there are a lot of downfalls. It turns into a lot of 
gosh, I mean, when I was really letting perfectionism drive the bus as an adult, like the amount of stress, like, and I feel, I think people could feel that stress off of me. Like I got called intimidated or intimidating, sorry, a ton before I started doing a lot of the deep work to kind of undo some of these habits so that where I could keep the, the skills and the strengths and let go kind of the detrimental sides of them. Okay. So another one is going to be introversion. I am, this might shock a few, couple of you. I am actually an introvert. I recognize that I'm a very friendly, go lucky, like I'm an Enneagram seven. I love meeting people. I will be the person that will just randomly walk up to a group that like, I'm like, they seem cool energetically. I'm going to go say hi. Like, and I'll just jump in the group and be like, hi guys, I'm Megan. What's up? And start chatting to them. But when it comes down to it, I am actually an introvert. And I feel like a lot of you might resonate with this, that you might resonate either with like a very deeply shy introvert or that extroverted introvert like me, where it's, you love people, you love connecting, but to recenter and build energy back like you need to just go chill by yourself like the number of times that I go on solo backpacking trips for that reason is insane so a lot of people see introversion as a weakness because you aren't necessarily like in front of people and bouncing like even if you want to connect it might not come naturally versus the people that just I feel like in society we tend to see extroverts as the people who naturally draw people to them and that's not really the truth the more you are yourself the more you will draw the right people to you. And that includes being introverted. And I think being introverted is a really great strength because, dude, introverts are great listeners. They're thinkers, they're observers. And so they have these unique insights and perspectives that an extrovert's probably just too meeting people. And they just, it's different. Um, I have a good friend actually whose husband is very much, very introverted. And it's neat to watch how he approaches a situation versus her because he'll just sit back and observe and watch and kind of pick and choose like, okay, I like these factors. I don't like these factors. This is how maybe I would do it differently. So he really sits back and thinks and watches prior to taking something on himself. Now, granted, there are very much advantages to just jumping into the fire and trying stuff. So I'm not saying like always sit back, like don't mishear me and say that I'm saying to like sit back and observe. Because particularly if you are of an overthinker, that might stop you from ever actually taking action. But anyways, introverts are great listeners, thinkers, observers. They have really phenomenal, unique insights and perspectives. So if you're an introvert or if you identify as an introvert, like do not see that as a weakness. Let it play to your strengths there. And then we talked about this a little bit with me, being sensitive. So I talked about how I'm like a hard on sleeve kind of person. So I just kind of want to do a general umbrella of like, if you're empathetic and understanding, it does not mean that you have to take on other people's energies, but you can really quickly and better understand and connect with people on a deeper level when you have that kind of empathetic compassion sensitivity to you. And by you, so say you're someone who is a crier. I am, I'll I'll admit it. Then... You showing emotion, again, there's always going to be a line and you don't necessarily want to cross into the extreme of like, I mean, if you cry at absolutely everything and it's over the top and it doesn't really fit the stimulus, that's a little bit of a different story. But if you are willing to show emotions in a vulnerable like way where people can, it gives people permission to be true to themselves and allow emotions to show. And I think that is an absolutely beautiful thing and is nowhere close to a weakness. It is a strength. 
along those same lines, vulnerability. Being vulnerable, I think not so much these days, but in the past that's been seen as a weakness. When thankfully the script is getting flipped a little bit in general, like in society's eyes now, where vulnerability is a strength. We're recognizing more and more that it builds trust and intimacy in any relationship. It makes you more relatable. It helps the right people be drawn to you and it allows or it gives others that permission that I was just talking about. Oh, and circling back to kind of like that sensitivity empath thing, like the other thing that it helps with that makes it a strength is you can more readily recognize when and where to offer support to those around you. You help make the world a better place. Okay, so that's just kind of a general overview of some of the the big things that I think a lot of us kind of see as weaknesses when they're actually deep down a strength. And again, these are kind of the ones that fit to everyone. You might you might resonate with one of those bigger ones. You might resonate with a story that I talked about for myself. Maybe like if you're an Enneagram 7 and you, you've been kind of like given a hard time or made fun of or had side comments made about you for jumping around from idea to idea and getting excited and squirrel brain, recognize that your strength is in that seeing something for now and in that ability to pivot. Anyways, no, whatever you resonated with, I would love to hear it about it. Please comment on the podcast, put it in a review, DM me on Instagram. I would love to know what is something that you have been seeing as a weakness and this opened up your eyes to where it's actually a strength. And furthermore, if you have one that you're like, okay, I have this weakness and this episode didn't help me, I want to know that information because I can help you see it as a, as a strength. So please reach out. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. Okay, bye. Right, high five for taking some time out of your day for yourself to listen to this episode. It is my hope that it makes you feel more seen and heard and understood because we are all human and being human is messy and imperfect and beautiful and you are beautiful. So if this resonated, it would mean the world to me if you shared it on social along with your biggest takeaway and then tag me at moveonthedaily and hum- at human.onthedaily. Thank you so much and see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.